Well, well, well. Good evening, John. Good evening, world. Good evening, Ben. Good evening, world. I, I must say, John, to me, your audio is very echoey. I don't know how it is through the feed, but I'm just letting you know, in my ears, it's very echoey. Is it any better now? No. He, uh, Adam, all of that lot are saying you sound fine, so maybe I'm getting a different audio feed to them. Well, you are, but... Okay, that's fine. I can't understand. Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't know why it would be any different. They're, they're saying no echo here, so there you go. I just thought I would inform you on that one. Um, so, how, well, other other than than that, that how are you, John? Yes, I'm good, Ben. How are you? I'm well. I'm doing the Andrew Tate power pose right now. Do you know why I'm doing that? No, I've absolutely no idea, mate. None whatsoever. Because we're competing with his emergency meeting that he's doing live on Rumble as we speak. He's he's been advertising it all day. It's trending on Twitter. Um, well, he's not doing a very yeah. good job because I've not seen it. It's 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 trending with eleven point seven six k tweets uh, right now. Well, what kind of emergency meeting? Uh, well, it's Andrew Tate talking shite. That's what it is. It's what he calls his podcast now, Emergency Meeting. It's, it's basically it. Um, oh, bloody hell. Bloody hell. So anyway, um, yeah, I've just received a, a message of congratulations from our friend David Nolan at StopCommonPass.org. Um, congratulating us on the interview slash special live show we will be hosting right here at youtube.com forward slash chasing descent official on Tuesday, June 27th at what time, John? 9 a.m. 9 a.m. That's right. Um, and that is to work around. Oh, fucking hell. Just lost the can of Red Bull. Uh, that is to work around our guest. Who is our guest, John? Uh, I think our guest is a former Southampton and England football player. By the name of Matt Letissier. So, uh, Matt Letissier will be on the show on the 27th of June at 9am for an uncensored, unfettered conversation about life, about what he thinks of the world, and uh, we'll see where it goes. So, Indeed. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. We've got a busy schedule actually coming up, haven't we? We've got a very busy schedule. That, that... Uh, tomorrow night? Yeah. That that um that week the last week in June is there's some there's something live every day. There is indeed, and I've just booked a show um for the thirteenth of July, which I'll tell you about. It's, a, it's another one on one job. Mm -hmm. Um, for Thursday, it, July the thirty. I think so, but we are we are in we are we are booking well into July now, so it's uh, looking good. The docket is looking good. Oh, yes, you'll be able to watch it back. Of course, you'll be able to watch it back. Um, would we leave you in the dark? In the would lurch, we not let so to you? Speak. Yeah, no. Of course, you'll be able to watch it back. Um, so I, I'm hoping that that you know is going to be a good one, and a lot of people well attended. Hopefully, 
it'll be it'll be it'll be a good interesting conversation regardless but like i say we are now booking into and past mid-july and the reason i booked out the second week of july for that one-on-one is because i left the first one open in case john wanted to revisit the rabbit hole uh, the, the rabbit hole is on the, i think it is on the 4th of july there you go yeah there you go i think but i'll take yeah. with, with uh, ted no ed ed so yeah lots to come lots to come busy schedule right through to right now mid-july and still booking so i've got one-on-ones coming to, and like i say tomorrow night we will be live once again with brent lee but with his podcast partner from some dare call it conspiracy neil sanders as well so uh, and it will be all four of us yep. it'll be a four-way <clears throat> john Mm. And speaking of being up early, we'll be up early on Monday. Yes, we will. Yep. Nice and early. Back on Rise with Sonia Poulton. Indeed, indeedy do da day. So, uh, like I said, lots to do uh, going forwards. John, what's on the agenda for tonight? We've got loads on the agenda tonight, mate. Um, we've got we've got um, everything from swimming in Scotland to Canadian fires to St George, Johnny Depp, jeans, summer dresses. Get loads of stuff. Oh wow! So with that, loads of stuff, John. You know. I'd like to welcome you all to this episode 227 of Chasing Descent Live with me, John, and with Ben. Cause I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah, I'ma do shit my way. So you can go kick rocks, I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make. I got a lot of shit to say, so I'ma do this every day. I'll be writing things until I'm fucking buried in my grave. There you go. There you go. There we go. Summer dresses, says Shalini in the chat. Indeed, and summer dresses. I'm not, su- I'm not supposed to be answering the chat right now. We will come to the chat at the end, I promise, and you will definitely, definitely get your message read out and answered if you are <clears throat> otherwise inclined and kind enough to send a super chat. So uh, let's just get on with the show. S- should we start with summer dresses as it's been there? No. No, no. No? No, no, we're we'll going okay. we'll leave that to the, the end when things get a bit lighter up. Um, let's start okay. with him. Um, let's start. Let's start with the big boy himself, or should I say, the little boy? Let's start with uh, Emmanuel. So little, he's so little, little. So, little. Ima- what happened there? Excuse me. That sounded a bit weird. Right, uh, am I echoey? Not on the show. I did check, but you are in my ears. That's weird. I don't know what's going on. It is weird. Right, so Emmanuel Macron, is is he going to tear apart the EU and possibly NATO at the same time? Because he's already been saying things. He's been to China, remember, and when he was out there, he made certain... Schmoozing G. Yeah, he, he, he did say certain things while he was out there. And when he came back, he said he didn't want, you know, France to be a vassal state. He, he didn't want um, Europe to be a vassal state of the US. Well, yep, kind of late, but uh, he seems to be twigging. 
Um, and he's maybe picking up on the, the big nationalist um, movement that there is in France because people here think that we're nationalist, but boy, oh boy, wait till you go to France and get out of Paris, you know? Yeah. Um, because French, the French have no truck with Europe whatsoever. None. No, and I mean, you drive through the villages and you see the Frexit signs. You yeah. see them. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're real and they're there. Um. The, the rural people, like you say, have absolutely... They don't care for Europe. They don't want to be a part of Europe. And, in fact, the nationalists almost have almost won the election twice over now. Mm -hmm. And you've got to take heed at some point. You've got to take heed of that. Because, especially when you do things like he's done with the pension reforms and the things that have made people really angry with him, mm -hmm. he's now got to take steps to make those people happy with him again. And I think that is part and parcel of what he is doing here. But tell us what he is doing. Well, he asked he asked the South African president, Rampazan, if he could come to the upcoming mm -hmm. summit that's going to be held in South Africa, the BRICS summit, because he's expressing an interest in joining BRICS. <laughs> Yes, he is, and uh, and oh, and this goes back yeah. to yeah. So this so goes just to keep people up to speed. Brex says the the what would you call it the kind of counter counter motion to the EU for developing yeah, it's a countries. Tra trade block. Yeah, for it's, for, it's for developing countries primarily Brazil, yeah. Russia, China, India, India. South Africa. Mm-hmm. That was the original BRICS, but we're now getting more and more countries wanting to become part of it. And now yeah. France, which is one of the first, as the first developed Western country that's asking about joining BRICS. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, but I think this might be a bit of a problem for the EU. Well, I think it... Uh, uh, let me... Well, no. What I think it might be is a problem for France with the EU. Because yeah. if people don't know, you know, one of the big draws of Brexit, one of the main reasons that people wanted to leave the European Union is because the, a country within the European Union cannot make its own trading deals and cannot join trading blocks without the express, not just consent, but delegation delivery um all of the trade Approval. negotiations are done by oh. the eu on your behalf so if he is turning around and he's saying uh, i would like to come to the summit so that i can perhaps join the bricks is he german he's, perhaps <laughs> you don't know whether or not he's a german in disguise <laughs> We just we don't know, but the point is, um, if he if he, if he would like to go to this BRIC summit and he is personally, on behalf of France, expressing interest in joining the trading bloc, the EU are not going to allow that. So there's only two options here. The first one is the EU fold and say you know go and do what you want want France, and then that makes the idea of people like the british and the italians that want to leave it makes their reasons kind of void and then the other idea is one of the major key players within the eu is going to have to frexit 
in order to do what it wants to do. Um, so we can either see a Frexit occurring or a collapse. And I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards the collapse. And what's France already done? He's already agreed to buy LNG from China um, in one. Mm-hmm. So, no dollars. No dollars. Once again, that is, but once again, that is Emmanuel Macron unilaterally, yeah. unilaterally making that decision without the oversight and without the purview of the European Union. And they are probably pissed. Oh, Ursula. Ursula will be going through the tenors like nobody's business at this moment. Ah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Ursula von der Leyen over there. She will be, yeah. <laughs> She'll be ripping um, them up and going, get me another one! No! <laughs> Andrew in the chat makes the point. He says, funny, he's only recently back from China. He's hedging French vested interests. You know as well as I do yeah. that when they were in China and they were behind closed doors, Xi Jinping was absolutely stroking his ego, was schmoozing up to him. Was going, ah, you should turn the bricks, yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. You, come, come on, come on, turn the bricks. Yeah, you're funny, you're funny with the Frenchman. You, you want to be, I like your Frenchman. You want to be with us. <laughs> you be with yeah. us. Ah, je ne sais quoi. I mean, when he was on the plane home, when he was on the plane home, he was making those statements like the, the European Union should not become a vassal yeah. state of the United States. He, I mean, I know that the Chinese brainwash their citizens and they do it very well. They do it mm -hmm. very methodically and they do it through control, power and fear. Somehow they got to Emmanuel, didn't they? And he was only there for a week. Well, I think, I, I mean... The, as you said, he's not daft, right? And and he's no. feeling the mood of the country, and he's got to get back in their good books. And he's thinking, well, you know what? There's an opportunity to shove, you know, to stuff Joe Biden at the same time because I really oh, don't yeah. think he likes Joe Biden. I'll be I'll be honest. I think anybody likes Joe Biden. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so I think I think there's an opportunity. I think these this. The French are a bit like um, they're a bit like cheese eating sharks, you know. They smell they mm. smell the cheese in the water, and they're going for in for the kill. <laughs> I would like the cheese, and I would like the snails. Give me all of the snails and the frog's legs. Give us all of it. We like it in trade deal. Uh, we give you knockoff goods. We give you back knockoff Eiffel Tower. Uh, yeah. Give it back. <laughs> yeah, send the Eiffel Tower <laughs> to the French as a gift. That would be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Here, you have a gift. You have gift. Huh? You want gift? Oh. You take our knockoff Paris. We give you a whole city. Yeah, yeah. You go. <laughs> Oh Jesus Ooh. Christ! But but leaning so so lean going back to the political side of things within France, like you've just said, and uh, he needs to get on the side of the nationalists. And if yeah. he can do that, if he can Oops, start making very nationalistic type speeches, you know appealing to French France for the French and France making their own decisions and doing their own thing whilst also still sort of pandering to the liberals and the neoliberals he's 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 sorted he win and he walk the next election he'll probably walk the election after that if there are no term limits I don't know um 
No, I don't think I don't think they do in France. Um, he he will continue to be the man. Yeah. I um. I, I just say I think I mean I think it's all very calculated. I think he's working towards you know he's working towards doing the best he can for himself first, mm-hmm. and then. Um, and France itself takes a back seat, you know. But I think he's probably on the right route because I don't think the European Union at this point is doing anyone any favours. I mean, Germany itself, and and as a, as part of my research yesterday, because I did a I did another episode of the Net Zero um, podcast with Latimer yesterday, and um, I found out that Germany's still buying Russian gas. <laughs> So, so Germany. Um, although the the Nord Stream was out with the sanctions because it was out with the sanctions, there's another mm. pipeline that's still yes. running. And it where goes, does that pipeline run through? Well, it starts in Russia, ends in Germany, and it goes through Ukraine. <laughs> and and apparently the deal for it to try to. To pass gas, as they say, pass gas through Ukraine um, comes up for renewal next year, and yep. Germany's saying if it's not renewed, we're going to have to shut down some industry because we don't have the energy to keep it running. Now, thirty percent of the gross domestic product of the EU comes from it's Germany. German industry. Yeah. Thirty percent German industry. Thirty percent of the EU products come from Germany, right? So if Germany shuts down industry, EU's done. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the You're French have, right. the French will fall for it because the French the French are desperate to get the EU. They don't want they don't like the EU. French hate they the EU. They hate the Germans, yeah. right? They hate yeah. the EU. They hate the Belgians. <laughs> they hate the Dutch. The French don't like anyone. The only people the French like, and really, it's only the Northern French that are that are still reminded of it. You know, the D-Day landings and all that. Are of Brittany and Normandy love the English, but the yeah. French just hate everyone in Europe. I don't even know how France ended up in Europe because France they, they just don't like people. They're like Scottish people, except healthier, thinner, and have cheaper wine and cheese. Oh, yeah, the wine is still, despite the cost of living crisis, I was only over there a few weeks mm-hmm. ago, the wine is still very affordable. Mm-hmm. It's still very, very affordable. Yeah. Um, you are getting pissed for cheap over there oh, yeah. if you're a drinker. Oh, I oh, mean, yeah. I tell you, mate, it was, it was hard going, though, because it was, you know, I think I would probably have lost a liver if I'd kept going. <laughs> every every episode, what John was the wine of the week? The wine of the week is this lovely box from Intermarché of, <laughs> of a, the liter of Sauvignon Blanc, and it was a liter bottle for like yeah. I think it it came in at what I think it was like less than two euros. It was yeah, crazy. It was about one euro seventy eight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was about it one was, euro seventy eight. It was as good as what you'll pay here for a, a ten a ten quid bottle of wine, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And in Alshan, even even the, the, the city centre type Alshan, where obviously it's going to be a bit more expensive, your wine was, you know, on average about three euros a bottle. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, and that was only a few weeks ago. Like I say, if you are a drinker, uh, despite this cost of living crisis, if you get on to the, uh, if, you, if you get onto the European mainland, you're getting pissed. Yeah. And you're getting pissed <clears throat> for cheap. 
I mean, it gets even cheaper over in bloody Germany. <coughs> it gets even cheaper over there. <coughs> but yeah, Especially but for no, beer. The beer gets much, much cheaper. I mean, beer that, you know, like, you can buy a, a good quality beer in Germany for for 15 pence a tin. Hmm? You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. ridiculously cheap. I mean, I, I think it, I, it, I think I broke the rear suspension in the van when we went to Sweden. <laughs> the amount of little beer you bloody loaded up. Because <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember, I used to. Well, actually, Andrew, if you'd actually be with us earlier, you'd have known that I did a podcast from France because this started as the international podcast between two men, one in a van and one in a shed. Yep. Uh, and and. and uh, and I used and then, to disappear. Remember, I used to disappear, and you would say, "Where are you going now?" Because I'm going back to the garage to find more beer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then it culminated to the point where uh, I I broke into France essentially against all COVID rules. Um, I got into France. I don't know how this keeps happening, but um, oh. things keep falling off. It's really weird. Oh, it's um, poltergeists. I, I I broke into France, uh, violating many rules and restrictions. John came up to Disneyland where I was. Yeah. We spent the entire day breaking all of the rules and restrictions, um, and then just to rub salt in the wound, we did a live show from the <laughs> from the the RV lot at Disneyland, explaining everything we had just done. <laughs> no, I didn't have to be rescued on this one. No, no, that was no, that was good. that was the trip back to England when I had to get rescued. Yeah, right. that was that was. I had to rescue him via phone to a random bloody tow man at three o'clock in the yeah, morning. Who extorted us? <sighs> anyway, well, anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah, Emmanuel Macron is is playing with fire. He is playing with fire. And, uh, yeah, so he's either, right, he's either, I mean, we've said, we've long said that um, the EU is on the cusp of breaking up. NATO is yeah. definitely on the cusp of breaking up. I mean, they're still fighting. You know, Hungary's not going to let Sweden in because Sweden recognises the Kurds. The Kurds are uh -huh. an existential enemy to Hungary, and they're just not going to say we can't well, support. We can't. Well, the, the Hungary is quite. It's quite straightforward for Hungary. We can't support a new member of NATO that recognizes some some group that we are fighting. Mm -hmm. Right, because what's NATO about? It's a military alliance. So if yeah. if Hungary turns around and goes. They're fighting, they've attacked us. What's Sweden going to do? They're going to go, oh no, sorry, we don't join in, you know. Well, no, if you don't want to join in, don't join NATO. So Hungary, no. Hungary's got, you know, they've got the right point. Don't join in because you're, uh -huh. you're already supporting our enemy. Therefore, if you support our enemy, you cannot be part of our group. Makes sense to me, but maybe I'm just being simplistic. It makes sense to me as well. Um... It, it's ridiculous. Uh, Andrew says France are shagged if Total Oil lose their Middle East drilling rights. Yeah. But at the end of the day, France are going to shag the EU. 
shall we say, that, if well, they continue do, down the road, that they're they're they're, con- they're yeah, going down. But why don't why do you think France are you know they're, they're still deep in Africa in some places, and they're also um, they're also making inroads with with China but because but Fra- France doesn't have an awful lot of natural resource. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and they don't have a huge industry because they, they, I don't understand how France actually survives because France seems to, you know, once you're out with the cities, rural France seems to exist on people supplying grass cutting equipment yep. and making firewood. Oh God! When you were living in that house, when you were you were, you were house sitting for someone, and there was how many lawnmowers? There was three lawnmowers, a chainsaw, a log yep. splitter. Um, uh, what? There was another thing. What was the other thing? Oh, there was just there was so many. I mean, there was just so many devices for for cutting the grass, and it used to yep. remember it used to take me three days to cut the grass. Yeah, and and I mean three days. Three days. He does. We, Sean and I used to cut the grass in tandem. I would drive the lawnmower without the pickup thing on, cutting the grass, and Sean would drive beside me and slightly to one side, picking it all up with the lawnmower, the lawnmower that actually cut the grass and picked it up. The whole thing was ridiculous. <clears throat> but it's not just the EU that's kind of falling apart, right? It's the United States as well. And I want to read you this tweet thread here from Tim Paul, right? And I'll just read the thread verbatim. Um, you know who Tim Paul is. He's a political commentator here on YouTube, yep. one of the biggest, I would say. And uh, he tweets, Five years ago, I was worried that rising tribalism and political street fights could be a precursor to civil war. We are now at the president has arrested his political rival phase. Libs and leftists will make any and every argument as to why it's justified, but, it, but of course that doesn't matter. Every dictator gives a reason why they arrest their rivals. See Putin, for instance. Well, we are well hold on, hold Zelensky. on. And Zelensky, yeah? The both of we are, par- we are past the weaponization of government against political faction point. That happened a long time ago. We are at the top now. It began with tribalism, for which I was told would never escalate because the security state would not allow it. Of course, the bifurcation of our society would and did reach the highest levels of government, as I had warned. But it wasn't an original idea. I had just read security assessments, history, and famously statements from universities. And he he quotes the Hill here. uh, Princeton professor, we are in a cold civil war. The United States faces a 60% chance of civil war over the next 10 to 15 years. Other expert predictions ranged from 5% to 95%. The sobering consensus was 35%, and that was five months before Charlottesville. And that was a long time ago. Um, The left can justify Trump's arrest, but that means nothing at the macro level. Those ideologically opposed to the left will not accept those arguments or justifications. The left will say the right is fascist. The right will say the left is fascist. <laughs> Whichever wins will be correct. Yeah, and uh, and you know that um, Biden's had impeachment papers served against. Him. Uh, 
has that actually happened now? Articles yep. of impeachment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So well, he's um, he's it's, been it's, accused. It's... He's been accused of taking a five million dollar bribe from Burisma, yes. the Ukrainian oil company, uh -huh. along with Hunter, who's also taken the same bribe, and uh -huh. he's been accused of some other political shenanigans. And by From the Republican, by, by the Republican uh, congressman that's running the committee. I was going to say, from what I understand, Chuck Grassley announced yesterday that there are audio recordings of these, um, of these mm -hmm. supposed bribes. Now I don't know whether or not these audio recordings actually do exist. I can only tell you what is being reported, and that's what he himself, uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, is saying. And so, yeah, and and I must, I must point out it was while he was vice president and not the president, yeah. but even so, he's still um, he's still on a bit of a soapy bubble. Yeah, and um, and Andrew says this was all conspiracism not so long ago. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to go to Chuck Grassley's Twitter account just to fact check myself and make sure that I'm right here because uh -huh. I don't want to make I don't want to make statements that aren't true. Um, where are we? Uh, <clears throat> I'm just going through it. Uh, anyway, any, someone else can fact check me because I don't want to halt the show. But Donald Trump was indicted, wasn't he? Yeah. He was, he was, he was indicted on charges. Um, and so... We we really are at that point, are we? The banana republic point, because Donald Trump is insisting he's innocent and that all of the documents he held he personally declassified. Uh, and then the other side are saying, absolutely not, that's not true. He didn't have the power to do that. Now, I would read the well. The president does have the power to do that, so I don't think yes. that's quite. That's quite the other thing he's is the only person with yeah, the power to do that. But the other thing is. Trump's, you see, Trump's been set up and he's been stupid for allowing himself to be set up because he contacted them and said, look, what do you want me to do with these documents? Do you want me to put them in secure storage or whatever? Or, and they said, no, it's fine. Just leave them where they are, right? They did ask him, I believe, to put an extra lock on the door at one yeah. point. Yeah, but that's it. That's and, all they've asked, and right? He, and he so, complied immediately. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the problem. So what they've done is they've stitched him up because, you know, he, he's he's done that and then they've raided the place, you know? Mm. And they've gone, oh, look, all these, all these classified documents not in secure storage. Oh, hold on a minute. You told us not to bother. So, well, you know. I, I, keep seeing, I keep seeing the argument made on Twitter and I kind of want to push back against this argument because all these people keep going... No, but Biden's not responsible for this. The grand jury are responsible for this, right? The grand jury that was selected by the Department of <clears throat> Justice. Who runs the Department of Justice? The White House? It's Joe Biden's Department of Justice, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, right, let's be honest. America is basically now a banana republic. Mm -hmm. And it has been since the 2020 election yeah because things happened and I, i'm not i'm not going to opine on whether it was 
whether something was was um, right or wrong. But what I am saying is that things happened during that process that have never happened before and had no Universal reason. Mail-in. No, not even that. Stopping counting in the middle of the night. Taking three or four days to, to count ballots. These things have never happened before. I mean, it's like, and, and these things have started happening here as well. Because if you remember the last election we had, people were taking like two or three days to come back with results when normally we have yeah. everything in by nine o'clock in the morning. So what's yeah. going on? Why, why in an increasing technological society does it take longer and longer to count things when we used to do it by hand overnight and now it takes longer with automation? It's a very, it's a very good question and one that I have no answer for. Um, I, I, I can't well, tell you. Unless I, there I, is chicanery afoot. But we can't say whether or not there was chicanery no. and we're not going to opine as to whether or not. We're just going to tell you the facts and those are the facts. Yeah. Right? Um, okay, anyway, let's finally move on from France and Macron. So where are we going next? Oh, hey, well, just finishing off, the South African president didn't give him an answer directly. He said, I will have to, I will have to converse with my colleagues. In other words, I need to ask she. I need to ask she. Look, just like when Hamza's got I, to I, ask Nikki. <laughs> yes, I, I, I look, look, Emmanuel Macron. I just don't know at the moment, right? What I'm going to have to do is I'm just going to have to get on the phone to Xi Jinping, and I'm just going to ask him. I'm just going to say, Xi, is Emmanuel allowed to come over? Is he? Let's have him over. Let's have him over for a drink. Right. That's um. Let's let, let's briefly go to Scotland. Okay, I was speaking to someone yesterday, and they went to go swimming at the weekend with their their daughter or something like that. And they turned up right. at the swimming pool, and the swimming pool was open, but not open. Mm. Right? Was it a book only by any chance? Yeah. This keeps happening to us when we try to take our kids. Swimming. Yeah. So so he turns up and he's going, "Can we go um, to full swimming?" And they, the woman goes, "Not today." And he goes, well, when, when did you want me to come? And she goes, you've got to book in advance. And he's like, what? Why? I've come to swim on a Saturday when the pool's open. Why have we got to book in advance? So, so just to, let's put this in perspective, people. And, you know, I'm, I'm no doctor. I'm no virologist, right? But you're swimming in a bath of chlorine. Okay? Yes. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing is living in there apart from you. There's, there's far more chlorine. There's far more than chlorine in that water, yeah, mate. But nothing's living in it for long, right? Okay. No. So, what? What's the problem? Why do you need to book? Why do you need to book in to go swimming? And he thought, oh, okay, so I'll go up to East Kilbride, which is a bigger town, much bigger town, almost a city. And he go he goes to the pool there, and he goes. I mean, this is like half nine or something, and, and he walks in and he goes, oh, the pool doesn't open till half past ten. What? <laughs> On the weekend, right? And then, and then, he, and then, of course, it was then delivered. But you've got to book in advance. Jesus. What is going on? What same is going on? Same thing's happening at my local swimming pool in the last 
school holidays. I took both the children and my wife up there. We went up as a family. You know, it was pretty much empty as well. It's not like it was full. Yeah, and, because uh, nobody books. <laughs> no. So we said fourth for the swimming, please. And they went, uh, did you book? And we went, what? And they went, uh, did you book? Uh, what for? The place is empty. Can we just go and take the kids swimming? No, not today. Sorry. All of the bookings are full. And I'm looking in there going, full. <laughs> full. <laughs> Have you seen in there? There's about four people. <laughs> what did he say to that? Sorry. We can't. We can't. We can't do it today. All of the bookings are full. Uh, we just went, ah, sodger. It was the right. just went elsewhere. What is it the councils are trying? I mean... Councils have always been a bit obstructive, right? And I, I don't quite understand. Bit, yeah. yeah, I don't quite understand this because, I mean, it, it starts at council level. You know, as soon as someone gets to that point, they suddenly think, "I have the power to tell you what to do." Not they. They don't ever consider. Hold on, I you I work for you because I'm a public servant. Oh no, no, I have the power to tell you what to do. Councils, council workers. And then it then it becomes nurses and doctors and things, and and doctors receptionists. They all think that they have power over you when they all work for yeah. you. So everything yeah. in this country is completely backwards. Yeah, and and somebody needs to sort this out. It needs to be sorted out. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, and it makes absolutely it's, it makes absolutely no sense, especially when it seems like these places are still scared to to allow their facilities to go to capacity. I don't know why. Is it is it just to piss you off? Is it just a control mechanism, or is it that there is genuine fear within the council themselves that if they allow these places to become free for alls once again, because this is mostly council-owned pools, as you pointed out. Yeah. Right. But if they allow these places to become free for alls once again, then uh, if an outbreak were to occur within their facility, they're to blame. Yeah, but, oh, hold on a minute. What does it matter if they're to blame? They were to blame the last time. Nobody's taking any action against them. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Yeah, right. So, anyway, that's the situation when it comes to swimming in Scotland. You can't. Uh, but it's the same here. Yeah, it's crazy. It's the Absolutely same here. crazy. So, what about um, George Soros giving the reins to his son? Well, he's, he's about to croak it anyway, isn't he? Let's face it. Yeah, but I'm he not worried. Actually... I'm not worried about George Soros. I'm worried about his son. Apparently he's worse from what yeah, I well, understand. Have you, said, have, you, have you seen what he said? No, he wants, tell me. He wants, to drive the far, he wants to drive the right wing off the internet. Off, of, off social media. There will be no right wingers on social media. He's going to drive them off it. With his billions of pounds. And the thing is, he's probably got the money to do that. But how? How's he going to do that? How are you going to do that? Well, it'll be a lot of bribery, won't it? It'll be a lot of bribery to these tech companies that are monopolies. It'll be a lot of donations to foundations that they run. I think the only holdout will obviously be Twitter. Now, I know people don't trust Elon Musk. I don't trust Elon Musk, for God's sake. But let's face it. He, he is active on his platform all of the time. 
He's saying things, he's calling the mainstream media liars and propagandists. He's saying that the real news comes from citizen journalists through places like his platform. He's saying all of the right things. But I still, you know, I, I just don't trust. I just don't trust that there is a saviour. I don't trust that there is a hero. And I don't think I ever will. Even if he proves himself to be like a saviour or a hero of free speech, I just, I'll still never believe it. Because we shouldn't have somebody that we essentially put on a pedestal or worship or, or thank or praise because someone else is not responsible and someone else is not you know, in control of your ability to speak or in control or, or responsible for what you say, what you think, what you feel. That's you. And the only person that can really express themselves truly is you. Um, a lot of the time, if you go outside of what are, is the accepted norm and the accepted norm appears to be things that the average man or woman would have thought psychotic just eight years ago, but if you go outside the accepted norms now, you are persona non grata, you are evil. And this is sort of the route that he will go down. He will continue to go down the route of let's donate to these foundations, let's give these people money, let's let's do that, and let's continue to push this message yeah. that our message is the only message. And our message is the only message. And if you want to keep hearing it, get to YouTube. Goodbye, Twitter. Yeah. Goodbye, Twitter. Exactly right. So, uh, but but still, it's terrifying. It's it's terrifying that these tech companies, which let's face it, all of them, when they first popped up and they started offering their services to all of us free of charge, they marketed themselves to us as the marketplace of ideas, the town squares, you know. Free speech. I mean, Twitter literally had the home of free speech in its bio. That's what it used to call itself. And I mean, it's kind of going back that way now, possibly. Yeah. That's definitely not what it became. It's like they sucked all of the people in, got them addicted to their product, made billions and billions of dollars off the back of it. And then when they were in a position to do so, when they have power, when they have control of the means of communication... They, 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 they got rid of people. They got rid of people that they saw as inconvenient. I mean, they all got their tax breaks and, and freedom from prosecution under, I believe it's Section 230 in the United States because they marketed themselves as a platform and not a publisher because in order to do that, you don't curate what is on your platform. But they all you, do. You are, but they all do. So I don't get how they continue to... They're all publishers. <laughs> YouTube's a publisher. Yes. Twelve's a publisher. a publisher. I mean, it's probably yeah. less of a publisher than it used to be, but it's still a publisher. Facebook is yeah. definitely a publisher. I mean, you can't say anything on Facebook without Mark Zuckerberg, you know, okaying it. Um, Instagram's a publisher. You, you, yes, they're... They're all publishers. So they're, yeah, they, they shouldn't. Are. They're they're not they're not entitled to these protections, and they've obviously bought their way into this. Yeah, and you know when Trump had 
well, when the Republicans had all of the all of the levers of government, when they had the presidency, the House, and the Senate, they had the opportunity because they kept complaining about it. Mm-hmm. They kept complaining about it, but they had the opportunity to do something, and they never did. No, and they never did. So you wonder how much money do these candidates get from these companies? Oh, the whole thing's the whole thing is, I mean, that is, we're back to Banana Republic. It, you know, the, corpor- the corporations effectively do what they want because they've got enough money to, to lobby yeah. and to bribe the people in the positions of lawmaking that they can they can get away with it and they effectively become untouchable. I mean, look at Microsoft mm-hmm. when they tried to break up Microsoft. They didn't even get that done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So, Andrew says, speaking of communication, did you see Medvedev warning the West about undersea cables? Thanks, Nord Stream. Med- Medvedev says right. something insane that threatens somebody every two minutes. Yeah, right. One, Medvedev as as like Putin's, you know, uh, what would you call it? You know, he's, he's junkyard dog, hasn't he? Right. I think Medvedev is a few sandwiches short of a picnic. Yeah, and you certainly, yeah. I mean, people... And this is something to bear in mind, you know. Don't don't wish the demise of Putin too quickly because you really don't want Medvedev in charge, right? Way worse. He's a nutter. Yeah, he is a nutter. But he does. He, he he winds people up quite a lot. But I I think a lot of it is deliberate. It's like Lavrov as well. He knows exactly what he's doing when he's winding them up. You mm-hmm. know, he's quite funny. Yeah. Um. But you know, undersea cables are um. Undersea cables run the internet. I mean, everybody thinks it's all done through satellite. No, it's not. It's all done through cable. The only way you're getting internet if they start destroying those is with Starlink, baby. Yeah, yeah, and even then, they don't have the capacity to feed everyone. Well, exactly. Um, but, But, so, the thing is, like I said, Medvedev is insane. He's absolutely mad. Um, he threatens everybody every two minutes. He's threatened London that they'll nuke them. He's threatened Lindsey Graham that he'll he'll be you know crashing in a plane. <laughs> yeah. He's he, he threatens everybody. So yeah. what I would say is let's not pay much heed to what Medvedev says because he's just a nut who gets out of bed in the morning. He, he's a junkyard uh, dog. Probably drinks a litre of vodka when he gets out of bed and then, then goes, what am I going to say that's inflammatory today? Oh, Lindsay Graham, you are pig. You are pig, Lindsay. That's basically it. Yeah, basically. That's basically Let's move on anyway. Let's let's move right, okay. on to our next topic. <laughs> so, did you, watch, did you watch the pre-roll? Did you see Hamza? Oh, of course, yeah. I, I I was particularly proud of the bit where the guy asks a question and Hamza doesn't actually answer him at all. Right? Just goes, wind your neck in, mate. No, no, no. When they, the, the one before that, the guy asks, Hamza looks at him, the guy asks a question and he turns away to the other woman, right? And I yeah. I inserted Egypt and it just fitted yes, perfectly. Did. <laughs> yeah, Egypt. Egypt. Anyway. Uh, so... I touched on it in in that about the flowers. Flowers. Yes. So the question is, why? <laughs> why on this God's earth 
Has a political party decided that it's appropriate to send flowers to someone who's been arrested and questioned and financial impropriety of their party that runs back four or five years. Why is it appropriate to send them flowers just because they got released without charge? Lending like, further investigation. Yeah, but exactly like their husband, Peter Murrell, mm -hmm. stroke beard, and, <laughs> and Colin Beatty, the guy that no one can remember his name because he was the actual treasurer. Right, so the question is, they didn't send them flowers, so why is it appropriate to send Nicola flowers? This is, this is madness. I've never seen a political party behave like this in my life. Remember this flashcard? I'll read it out to you. That that um, that Nicholas gave the NCA. It says Pete did it. That's why. Yeah, right. but no. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah, no, the whole thing is ridiculous. And you know what I want to know? Just, just, just to rub salt in the wound. Oh yeah, they'll be paid for it by the public purse. Did they use party funds <laughs> oh, to pay for the flowers? I'll, I'll bet they did. In fact... Oh, there, please tell me they was, did. I'll bet they did. I'll bet they did. <laughs> did, I, did I read that tweet out from that guy the other day who 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 said, um, I, I, I'll always stand behind Nicola. <laughs> yeah, I'll always stand behind Nicola regardless. And here's, here's a donation to the party <laughs> just to yeah. help you keep going. <laughs> They're still donating to this bunch of thieving trolls. This is ridiculous. Scot Scotland must be in. It must be up there with Russia and Ukraine as one of the most corrupt countries in Europe. And it, it appears hashtag the SMP is hashtag not a cult, right? It's oh. hashtag not a cult. Yeah, not a cult. No, it's not a cult. It's a cult, yeah. all right. It's a cult. Now, uh, Barnaby Barnaby West has been out today. Uh, Barnaby West has been out today canvassing the area, uh, just looking around to see if he could find some people to have a conversation with about his uh, infatuation with the stopping of lettuce. Um... <laughs> Not a cult. Oh. Not a cult. Not a cult. Not a cult. But for 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 purposes of uh, it, it's not me going and doing it. It's middle class tough Barnaby West. It's Barnaby West is going to go and do it. Uh, and then when people ask why I haven't got a real job, I'll just say, well, Mummy's topping up the public purse from the public purse. Don't worry, Mummy's topping up the purse. Uh, she's she's. Did you know that lettuce produces three times more the emissions than the production of bacon? Well, Did you know that? That's interesting. Did you know that corn-based ethanol, right, that they using they use to mix with petrol? Yes. To make it more green. Okay. Is twenty-five percent worse for the planet than just drilling and refining regular gasoline? We need to just stop corn-based ethanol. Also, <laughs> it's the it's, whole thing's nuts. Why? I this mean, it's nuts. Absolutely nuts. Absolute travesty. Have you seen? And, and this is some of this is some of Latimer stuff. But have you seen the big, massive battery in Europe? 
the world's biggest battery bank, right, for storing power, okay? Right. And it costs something like 72 billion or something. It would run Europe for two and a half seconds, right? It could run all of Europe's electricity needs for two and a half seconds, okay? Now, just to put that in perspective, and someone said... Yeah, but that's the equivalent of multiple nuclear bombs. But just to put it in perspective, it's not, <laughs> right? Because that battery bank holds the same amount of energy as a non-articulated petrol tanker. You know the wee short ones? <laughs> yes. So my question is this. Yeah. My question is this, though. What fossil fuel is used to generate the energy to charge that battery bank? Well, that's that's a damn good question because what happened? <laughs> what happened? What happened with our much vaunted solar farm? Oh yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if if you have solar panels on your roof today here in the United Kingdom, they're freaking useless. Well, they're not. They're, right. they're not. They're not useless, right? So what happened? And let's 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 approach this fairly, right, and scientifically, okay? Okay. So solar panels have been around for a long, long time. I think long time. Eighteen ninety six or something like that. There was a solar oh. panel on the roof in New York, and solar panels were around about I think about eighteen percent efficient at that point. Okay. So 18% efficiency for a solar panel in 1896. I think they not long invented photographs, and there's a solar panel photographed on a roof producing electricity. Okay? Okay. Let's fast forward. Okay? So we're now 130 years down the line. And solar panels now give us about 32 to 33% efficiency. Okay. Now, yeah, baby. If you know anything about electricity, there are two things that electricity doesn't do well with. One is extreme cold, unless you're using mm-hmm. superconducting materials. But extreme cold, in which case, that's why your electric vehicles range plummets in the winter, and it plummets, yes. right? It does. And extreme heat, mm. which isn't very good for batteries. No. Or solar panels, because the efficiency goes way down, right? So, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much sun you throw out the solar panel, because it's become so inefficient, it's producing a yeah. lot less power. And to, is, yeah. to augment that power source, what did the National Grid ask? What did they ask for, Ben? You tell me, John. They asked for... Our last coal-fired power station to fire up. <laughs> Turn the coal on, boys. We need more power. <laughs> Look, I'm going to say it as it is. No, and, I, I'm... and the demand the demand didn't help because all those tough people that could actually afford air conditioners have got them all, you know, sparked um, up. Yeah. So let me just say this as it is, and this might upset the environmentalists for sure. Renewables are shite. (laughs) We are not not going to get to 100% energy via renewables 
by 2030. It's not going to happen. It's a pipe dream. It can't happen. And 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 let's just go to the cars because they want a full electric, uh, full electric car network by 2030. We don't even have the infrastructure in the country. We would need to expand the national grid by about four times just to charge them. It's not going to happen. No, right? it's not. The, the sooner people get this through their heads, the better. Because if they if they just plough on and they continue to go down this road and they say, right, okay, it's January the 1st, 2030, switch off everything that's fossil fueled. Welcome to the Dark Ages, baby, because that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you'll We're be back. Back to the Dark Ages. You'll be back in cave. You'll be back in caves, knocking people over the head with stone hammers. That's where you'll be. Yeah. Right, Angles say council leader stands down after stating that all Tories should be shot. Right now. Yes, he did say that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did say that, but really. You know what? This is where this is where reality and social media become like different dimensions. Never mind. I mean, in fact, almost different universes because yeah, they because become people... they become so black and white right, that you can't yeah. say anything on social media. I mean, look for instance. For instance, think about my position on Twitter when I made a joke. Mm -hmm. right? And got permanently banned for it. Yeah. You know, because you're not allowed to say that. But that's the way we speak. And yes. people say things like that. They don't mean it literally, right? No. And if you think he did mean it literally, there's something wrong with you, not him. Yeah. And if you're saying, well, he shouldn't have said it and he, he should get fired and he should stand down or whatever, you're part of the problem. Because you're applying standards that have never been applied in the past mm. and don't deserve to be applied right now because what you're doing is stripping us of our culture and of the way that we interact with each other, we're becoming... Especially over in Scotland. Yeah, but we're becoming automatons. We really are. People are frightened I mean, to say anything. People are frightened to say anything. They're frightened to call anything out in case someone pulls them up. And that's when you get people walking past people that are injured and just ignoring them because yeah. they're frightened to do anything. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, what people have to understand, people who are watching this either live or watching it back um, or listening on the podcast even, mm -hmm. is I am, you know, I've got a Scottish side of my family um, and I'm, I'm well aware of the fact that the C word, you know, the word that lots of people here in England find to be the most offensive word going, is a term of endearment Indeed. in Scotland. Indeed. See it you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a term of endearment. Yeah. It's a term of endearment. This is how, this is how, you know, I don't, I don't mean to be stereotypical, but this is how the Scots talk. I still, I still very much talk to some of the Scottish parts of my family. They live around here, some of them. And, and it's like, I ben ya. How you doing? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Um, it, it is, it is like you say, it is 
flooding out now into the real world. And this is where the idea of cancellation comes from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It came from social media. That... When, when people are saying things that could be quite nebulous in reality, like Nick Merckx, for example, who I spoke about on the other on Friday night, the, or Monday night, or whatever it was, the the man who simply said, leave kids alone, and uh, he's lost a, a very lucrative sponsorship deal. He's had He's been punished for simply saying that. And that's because we've allowed, and I say we, because we as a society, have allowed the extremists, and that's what they are, extremists who have the loudest voice on social media, to control us outside of that sphere. And at some point, the pushback needs to happen, because if it doesn't, Oof. I'll go back to what Tim Paul was saying, they're going to win, you are going to be the fascist for asking for freedom. Yeah. And speaking of the fascists asking for freedom, the government's pushed back on the, the comments from the MSM about them monitoring, you know... Uh, journalism and and and, uh, and colluding with social media companies to censor uh. stuff. So they've pushed back, and the UK government has have denied monitoring journalists' supports. Except for there are already freedom of information requests that have been yeah, released yeah. that confirm that they did. And and I've said that they support free speech. Yeah, bollocks. <laughs> Not in Scotland, you don't. <laughs> I'm sorry, that department that were tasked with doing that, I think we need to foyer them about me. Yeah. I, I really do. I, I guarantee you, they hold information and oh, they, they... The whole thing, I mean, the, you know, it's just ridiculous, it really is. I mean, everybody knows exactly know, what governments were doing. But when, when, I, when I was turning up to those places, as you know, and releasing those videos onto Twitter, they were averaging a quarter to half a million yeah, videos. Yeah, I know. I know, you tell us you every know, bloody show. But, still, in the past. but you don't you don't get that kind of traction yeah, when you're yeah. in the middle of something and not end up monitored. Yeah, I know. These right. people are liars, they are deceivers. Uh they are. well. Yeah. Yeah. Move on. Just move on. Canada. Canada's on fire. But <sighs> yes, it's it not really. Not really. Because it's not really on fire. Because at the, at the moment, there are some wildfires in Canada. And because of the winds, it's driving smoke from these wildfires over New York City and places like that. Yeah. So it's very obvious. But Canada's actually at an all-time low for the amount of fires it normally has. And, strangely enough, the IPCC, right... The Intergovernmental pa Panel on Climate Change have said heat has actually very little to do with forest fires. Most of them are started by human activity. And we don't mean human activity by releasing CO2 into the atmosphere. We mean human activity by either, awesome. being, by either being careless and allowing forest fires to start or deliberately starting forest fires most of and the forest fires most of the forest fires are caused by human activity and that could be it ranging anything from a lit cigarette to uh, the amount of times now climate activists ends up in end up in trouble because they're the ones starting the damn fires 
That that has happened on multiple occasions. Well, that happened in California, and that happened mm-hmm. in Australia. Australia? Yeah. 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 The the climate activists themselves, it's almost like they're going, you know, they're sitting there in Australia. They're going, come on, uh, uh, climate, start the fight. Oh, oh, you know what? I'll give them a hand. Climate, if you... <laughs> If you're not gonna do it, I'll go and do it for you, mate. Yeah. Yes. You, it, was go. gonna, it was gonna happen. I've just made it happen earlier. I, ju- I just helped yeah. it along a bit, yeah. yeah. And then I went and took a, sh- a long walk off a short pier to make sure that I didn't get burned by the fire. <laughs> yes. Hey, right, Johnny Depp. What is going on with Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp has donated all of Amber Heard's one million dollars that she had to give him to charity. Yeah, he said he would. Yeah, he did. So he's done what he said he would do. So what happened was, in no December doubt. last year, in December last year, Johnny Depp went back to the court and uh, made an agreement and said, you know, she owes me X amount of millions of dollars. <laughs> Offset the $2 million that you say I owe her. She still owes me a load of millions. She doesn't have it. Okay, let's just call it $1 million that I'll donate to charity and we'll call it quits. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's obviously received the money now and he's donated it to charity. So, I mean, when you look at it, when you look at it and, and you look at the... <laughs> remember Amber's donation to charity. Uh, donation? Uh, pledge. Yeah. Pledge, that's yeah. right. Pledge. Never paid it. Never paid it. Never paid it? Never paid it, but he's actually done it. Yeah, so, so he, he's either a soft touch or he's a nice guy. Um, I I think he's a nice guy. I think she took advantage of him. Doesn't he live near our Adam now? He, he he's moved here, isn't he? He lives near our Adam I believe in the so. mansion. Yeah, so uh, he's escaped the US because he's uh, sick of the bollocks, and she's run off to live in Spain because she's sick of the bollocks. Well, no, I think um, she's hiding. Yeah, of course. She's hiding. Right. But... Have you anything else to say know. on that? Right, okay. Here we go. Stepped on a bee. Uh, here we go. Massachusetts Middle School asked the pupils to wear rainbow clothing. Why? For, for Pride Month. Okay, so, so, so why... Do... So, so, oh no, wait, wait, wait. I'm not finished. Just hold your horses okay. there, bald eagle. Okay. So the kids all turned up wearing red, white, and blue. <laughs> <laughs> they all came dressed as the American flag, basically. <laughs> Marka. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, fantastic. I think it's good. Do you know what? Why didn't the Massachusetts Massachusetts Middle School would have been better off turning around and saying, you know, as it's quote-unquote Pride Month, feel free to come in in rainbow colours. Or don't. Well, do you know what? Actually, the Massachusetts Middle School would have been better not saying anything about Pride Month because really, what's it got to do with primary school kids? Well, you know what? I absolutely agree with you, but this is the real world and the real world says that they're going to say something so if you want to cover your own ass then just say invite them to do so if they wish yeah well anyway it's as simple as that 
So they they tried to push the um they tried to push the narrative down their throats and they got it pushed back on them and I, I think that's good, right? Well, I think that's good as well. I think that's good as well because nobody should be forced to, to do anything, uh, or nobody should be forced to celebrate anything. And that's not uh, a slight against you know people of the alphabet community. That's not a slight against them. It's just nobody should be forced to to celebrate something or not celebrate something. It, it should be up unless, to each individual as to what they do or do not celebrate. Unless you're Justin Welby. No, oh, yeah, well... Well, he thinks, he thinks it should be St. George Floyd. What? <laughs> yeah. He, think, he thinks George Floyd should be canonised, basically. That guy, Justin Welby, is a dangerous, dangerous man. He's, he, there's, there's, some, there's a want about him that's just not right. Let me say this off the bat. George Floyd, you know, should not have died. Should not have died. Uh, it's well, now on. when you take that amount of drugs, you've got to be careful. Yeah, but you can't say that. Why? Um, well, you, well, you can't say that's what killed him anyway. I didn't say that's what killed him. What I said was when you take that amount of drugs, you've got to be careful. Because but let's be what, did, what did drugs do? What did drugs that people use for recreation do? On they your slow your heart rate. They slow your heart rate, maybe, but they definitely depress your respiratory system. They Absolutely always they do. do. Yeah. Absolutely they do. So you've but, got to be careful. That's all I've got to say. But Okay, but, but still, okay, so I think it, it's very hard to say what I want to say, but what no, I you know what? Is, There's no point in saying anything about it. Let's talk he was about not a good man. Forget that, right? Let's talk about Welby. What the hell is Welby doing? This guy was an American criminal, right? Who died getting arrested. Whether that's right or mm -hmm. not is immaterial. He had a charge sheet longer than your arm. He was not a good guy. He had been done for armed robbery. He'd been done for. He hit. For putting a loaded pistol on a pregnant woman's belly and threatening to shoot her, mm -hmm. right? So why does a man of the cloth think he should be canonised? That's the question tell, I've got to ask because it's for clicks and giggles. That's what it's for. Yeah. this is It's, it's for nothing but attention. Mm -hmm. It's it's I want attention. I'm going to say whatever I need to say to get attention. Yep. That's a, that's exactly. I, I used to have. I'm Justin Welby, and I used to have hair once. That that's basically it. My yeah. God, the speed at which that man has balded. It's something else. He's, he's, it really is. Yeah, he's just hor he's a horrible human being. Anyway, speaking of that, Indiana mom gets busted riding her bicycle across town with her twin two-month-old babies. In a milk crate <laughs> attached to it. Now, my first thought is she's only doing her bit for climate change. She's riding her bike. She didn't yep. take the car. But I that mean, milk crate was likely made of plastic, John. Yeah, but but this is right. So <laughs> the question is if you keep going down this net zero route, this is what people are gonna to have to do to travel about. Yes. 
Yes. I mean, you've seen them ah. in India with like a whole family on a scooter. So that's going to start happening here. Because if you can maybe afford a scooter and you can get your whole family on it, why, why would you, you know, why would you bother with a car? Well, exactly. Um, uh, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, the woman was using her initiative in order to transport herself and, and her children about. It's, I, I, it's probably I can not right. Condone, <laughs> I can neither condone or condemn the actions. No, but... I, think, I, I can. I can condemn the actions. It's not safe to put two two-month-old babies in a milk crate. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's just not safe. But <laughs> I can understand maybe she had to be somewhere in a hurry to get something, but you know, you don't do that. And and I suppose to be fair, she took them with her rather than leave them unattended. But exactly, you still. I mean, there's a photograph of them in the milk crate. They're only wearing nappies, right? She didn't even put them in baby grows. They're in nothing but nappies, right? Yep. And there's no padding in the milk crate. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. They're just sat in the milk crate. And remember, they're only two months old. They can't even hold their heads up. Oh, Jesus Christ. There you go. At least line the thing with a lovely soft... No, 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 no. Just a regular plastic milk crate. Come on, woman! Come on! It's not right. No. It's not right. Right, you've so... Lost me. I, you've lost me, uh, Indiana mum. You've lost me. Um, Speaking... We, we mentioned summer dresses earlier. Yes, we did. And and this is another example of the nanny state gone mad. Okay. So apparently police are warning that you could find yourself in trouble in these hot days. If you're driving your vehicle wearing a summer dress or baggy bootcut jeans. <laughs> what? Yeah, this, this, is, this is in the Daily Mail from the police saying, don't wear these things when you're driving because you need to be able to have easy access to the pedals at all times. And all that loose material can sometimes get bunched up and <laughs> get a life. That is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Don't wear jeans while driving. Get out of here. I'm done. Yeah. Oh no. There's, uh, a, well, there's uh, one thing left, and it's better. No, no. I just I can't. I can't with this. This is ridiculous. Oh no, there's one thing left, and this is the best of all. Go for it. So some professor at the University of Manchester, right, mm -hmm. has come up, and, and hold on, let me just check something. He's come up with a great idea to solve all this climate change bollocks in one go. Go on then. Right, just, I, I just want to check my figures, because... Let me just check my figures, sorry. I'm just scrolling down. Oh, yeah, here we are. Uh, so, yeah, right. And we don't have to do... It's not far. We don't have to do it far, okay? So what he wants to do, right, is he wants to shift our orbit 
<laughs> Three million miles further away from the sun. <laughs> so he's worked out this. This will then negate any warming that we've had. <laughs> <laughs> and it means we can carry on using fossil fuels. <laughs> so my first thought when I saw was this was, oh my god, no one, no one showed us to Bill Gates. <laughs> because he'll think it's a good idea. <laughs> I, I... I have no words. That's like class. This is the University of Manchester. This is Rishi Sunak's Britain, where all the great ideals come here first, don't they? Yeah. Let's let's just bump our orbit out by three million miles. And Mr. <laughs> University of Manchester Professor, oh, how do Albert, you, how Al do you suggest we do this? Albert Zustra, a professor of astrophysics at the University of Manchester, suggests shifting Earth further back from the sun by about 3 million miles will solve global warming. He suggests using an asteroid <laughs> much like NASA's dart missile to alter our trajectory. I would, I, I would he wants to slingshot an, he wants to slingshot an asteroid around the earth to pull us slightly further away. Right, so I would say that I'd call up Bruce Willis, but he's not doing too well these days. He's probably not going to be with us very soon because he's got to. I was, was going to so, say. So with Bruce Willis in the condition that he's in, we're fucked. I was going to say. I, I double checked the date. It's June the 12th. I'd. You know I've been sitting on this for two days. I've, been, I've done well. People, I've been sitting on this for two days and not cracked a light about it. <laughs> these people are being paid with public money mm -hmm. to come up with this shite. Yes, <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> Let's just pull ourselves back from the sun a little bit. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what's scaring me? Because I think this one might do you in. I can see something trending on Twitter right now. Do you want to know what it is? What? It's R.I.P. John. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that John earlier. Yeah. It's trending on Twitter. Um, oh, it's not trending anymore it, here. Who, who was this, John? I don't know. Should I find out? <laughs> if you want, yeah. Uh, John Hollins. Means nothing to me. Uh, no, he's nothing to to us. Yeah, John, he appears to be some footballer, perhaps footballer. All right, and and um, and, and speaking of um, speaking of R.I.P., I think um, I think I could safely say that my shirt's gone. It's just that it's uh, never turned up. Is it not gone? Nope. No shirt for Johnny. Right. If you're watching Julian Dreadeye. Send me the link to where you got it from, and I'll get him another one. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> right. Well, I think um, that brings us to the close. The close of the evening, I think. I think you could be right. But I have enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I will say this. I will say one thing before that we go. Um, Remember, June the 27th at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. will be the special live stream with Southampton football legend. And Letizia. Eight eight times capped for England. Yep. And he will be here live on Chasing Descent, talking with myself and John about life, the world, anything and everything. Tomorrow night, we will be live with Brent Lee and Neil Sanders of Some Dare Call It Conspiracy podcast. It's not a one-on-one. It's a four-way, baby. It's going to be... I'm looking forward to that, actually. I really am. I'm looking forward to it. Um, What else? Next Thursday, we are here with... I am here with a one-on-one. Finally, with Bert from uh, We Got a Problem. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he doesn't reschedule again. Bert, please don't reschedule again. Um, (laughs) We've got so much booked out over the next month and a half. You should definitely stick with us. Share Get people to come along, evangelize, hit the like button, make sure you're subscribed and all that good stuff. Now, after sweating half my body weight to entertain you fine folks tonight, John, do your thing. Thank you, one and all, for attending this episode 227 of Chasing the Scent Live with me, John, and with Ben. It's been great for you. Yeah.